Do your children throw a fit if you take away the phone, tablet, or TV? Do you find that your children often tune you out because they are so engrossed in their devices? Are your teens anxious without a device in their hand or in their ears? Did you already hear me ask those questions last week? Well, if not, go back and listen to part one of Parenting in the Digital Age. If you've already listened to that, then welcome to part two. We are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started on today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shoparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names to help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives. All right, Katie, it's so good to be back with you this week to continue our conversation about parenting in the digital age. And I'm just so thankful that you kept pushing for us to do this topic. Mm-hmm. I mentioned last week that I kept shying away from this topic because honestly, I've, I just haven't really done a lot of research on it. But before we dive back in, I just want to reiterate in this episode that we know technology isn't bad and evil in and of itself, but I think we can all agree that the enemy certainly uses it to go after our kids. Mm -hmm. And again, Katie and I are not here in any way to judge your personal convictions about your child's use of technology or to even give you any hard opinions as to what we think is best for your child. That's totally your call. You're the parent, and when you ask God to lead you in making decisions that are best for your child, we 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 all know that He's certainly going to give you that wisdom. Mm. So last week, we did offer some sobering statistics and alarming facts regarding the damaging effects that too much screen time can have on our children. So if you did miss last week's episode, which was part one, we very much encourage you to go back and listen because it was just packed full of eye-opening and helpful information. So I asked Katie to take the lead on preparing our notes for these episodes because she has done a lot of research on this topic. And because of that, she's very passionate about it. And she has 
a lot of wisdom to offer. But what I love is the approach she decided to take in encouraging our listeners. Instead of going into detail about her personal convictions about technology and trying to tell us how much or how little screen time our kids should or shouldn't have, she decided to just encourage us to seek the Lord and to follow our own convictions on this topic. Because here's the thing, if we as parents know that too much screen time is damaging to our kids, which I think we can safely say that we all know it's harmful in one way or another, then why are we still allowing our kids to overindulge in it? So last week, Katie started walking us through excuses uh, that we make for not following our own convictions, uh, which to be frank was pretty convicting. Yeah, it was for me too, Ginger. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so Katie, before you get started with excuse number three, let me just give a very quick recap from last week in regards to a couple of excuses we make for not managing our kids' screen time. Excuse number one, was, I just need a break, <laughs> which, you know, I don't think there's a mama on this planet that can't relate to that. Amen. Lord knows we all need a break, and there is nothing wrong with needing a break. Excuse number two, my child behaves worse when I take it away, so I let him have it to avoid a tantrum and making a scene. Also relatable, but definitely not the best mentality in light of what's best for our kids. So, Katie, I know those first two excuses you gave last week probably stepped on some toes. It certainly <laughs> convicted me about how much screen time I allowed when my kids were growing up. But we're all about iron sharpening iron over here, aren't right. we? So yeah. we hope our listeners found some encouragement and hope as we took a deeper look into some of these excuses that we make. All right, Katie. So I'm still nursing my wounds from last week, but <laughs> go ahead. What is excuse number three? Okay. Excuse number three <laughs> is we only use technology as a reward or, um, you know, we only let them use it once they finish their other chores and or schoolwork. So I'm not going to say you know, this is inherently bad to allow our kids to use technology for pleasure and as a reward. But I do want to issue a caution here. Technology is not neutral. There is no such thing as mindless distraction when it comes to technology. Uh, playing Candy Crush to decompress is absolutely not the same thing as enjoying a walk in God's creation. Mm, amen. It's absolutely not. Sometimes I wish we could go back in time and remember what kids did for fun before technology. That's right. Whatever happened to the good old days of kids playing outside until dark or until their mama started yelling that it was time to come in for supper, <laughs> which translation means dinner if you're not in the South. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think if we could put kids today in a time machine and send them back to the days of old for just a month or two and let them experience just things like breathing in the fresh outside air every day and the wind in their hair as they ride bikes up and down the street and, and just the joys and laughter of socializing and actually interacting with real people and real friends instead of virtual friends, half mm. of whom they probably don't even know. If kids who are addicted to technology could just experience how wonderful it feels to climb into bed at night exhausted from so much physical play and physical fun, I think uh, that they would definitely see a difference. And I think that they would gladly choose that over technology. But unfortunately, we don't live in a world with time machines. So kids just need to listen to their parents and take our word for it, right? I don't know, Ginger. Uh, my idea of a good time when I was a kid, let me tell you about my outside time. We would collect acorns and put them in a jar and fill it up with lake water uh, because we had a little pond behind our house and uh, we would make homemade wine. We never drank it, 
We would just it, smell it. It just would ferment. <laughs> it, I didn't know acorns would. So did it really turn into wine? Uh, no. I mean, it smelled like, which we didn't even know what wine smelled like because we never had it in our house. But yeah. anyway, that's what we yeah, did. The, for the fun. miracle of Katie turning yes. acorns into wine. Acorns into <laughs> Thankfully, wine. she didn't drink it. There's no telling. I don't oh, know. Maybe I know. you did. I don't know. Now I'm thinking maybe you did drink a little bit of that. Yeah, probably, <laughs> I think that's what happened to me. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, outside, it's just so good for kids to be outside. And mm-hmm. I don't know, Katie, are you familiar with 1,000 hours outside, that movement? You know, I've heard of that, but I haven't really researched it. What is it? Oh my goodness, it's so awesome. Let me just read the purpose they have posted on their homepage of their website. Mm-hmm. They say, the entire purpose of 1,000 hours outside is to attempt to match nature time with screen time. If kids can consume media through screens 1,200 hours a year, on average, then the time is there. And at least some of it can and should be shifted toward a more productive and healthy outcome. Mm. And that's the end of their quote on the homepage of their website. I know it's really good. And you know what I really love is they they even offer an outside activity book with over 50 ideas for enjoying nature all year. So I wonder if they have acorn wine in that book. (laughs) (laughs) You should submit that idea. (laughs) You may even get royalties, you know? Yes. Try it. Let me know how that goes. I will. So, so, but, but I love that, that they have that outside activity book. So it doesn't matter how cold or hot it is outside. They have lots of great ideas and suggestions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason I'm telling you guys about this is because I'm thinking that another common excuse to not change uh, those bad technology habits that our kids might be falling into, it could just be just a lack of idea mm-hmm. uh, as far as something else to do. My kids actually did spend a lot of time playing outside, but I still can't tell you how many times I heard my kids complain that they just wanted to stay inside and watch shows and play video games because there's nothing to do outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, here's a book with 50 fun things to do outside. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys want to check it out, I, I think it's awesome. It, it's 1000hoursoutside.com and we'll be sure to put a link in our show notes. The one time my kids didn't come inside and say, what are we supposed to do out here? It was when they got a hold of our shovels and dug a six foot hole at our old house, like the week before we were supposed to move. So I just let them, I just let them dig, (laughs) dig to China. And then, you know, we had to fill it back in before we left, but that kept them occupied for yeah. At least three days. It it's amazing. Fantastic. I mean, just yeah. a shovel, just a shovel yeah. and dirt and kids are happy. Why do we buy toys? Exactly. Well, you know, though, I have no right to judge parents whose kids don't spend much time outside. I do not like to leave the house and I never have, even as, even <laughs> as a child. So this one is and always has been a tough one for me. But there is a remarkable difference between rewarding our kids with technology and rewarding them with any number of other leisure activities that don't involve technology. Yeah, that's right, Katie. When when all of their leisure activities are centered around technology, it really hinders them from doing other activities that are so much more beneficial right. for them. You know, I didn't realize how much of a struggle my oldest son, Wesley, was actually having with social media until about a year ago when he made the decision to completely eliminate it from his life. I was surprised. He's 27 years old now, so he was 26 when he made that decision. And, you know, Katie, since you and I are doing this episode, I actually called him last week and asked him to email me the reasons that he made that decision to stop using social media altogether. And he basically wound up writing an entire essay about it, which was fantastic. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you the nutshell summary of what Wesley said. He said at first that social media was just a fun way to see what his friends were up to. But now in retrospect, he now realizes how much time was spent trying to mimic 
what seemed to be cool to everyone else. Mm. He said that he was spending like four to five hours a day scrolling through posts and then staring at his own Instagram pictures to reassure himself that he was appealing to others. Mm. The more likes he had, he said, the better it made him feel about himself. The affirmation of others and the boost that gave his self-esteem, he said, is what kept him addicted both physically and psychologically. And I'd just like to read to you the last part uh, that he wrote to me in this email. Wesley wrote, when I finally decided to delete my social media accounts, I was a little concerned that I might be isolating myself or that I would miss out. For the first month, I habitually wanted to reach for my phone and scroll. So it was an adjustment. Mm -hmm. However, a year has passed and I rarely even think about it. If someone needs to contact me, they call or text. If there are new pictures of my sister and her boyfriend, they they send them to me and it sparks a real conversation, not just a like from me on Facebook. Instead of spending hours trying to keep up with a thousand people I barely know, my attention is better focused on a smaller circle of friends and family. Mm -hmm. And he went on to say, I have felt more at peace without it, and I definitely have enjoyed life more and relatively (laughs) ad-free. I like that he (laughs) added that part. I do too. Wesley ended his email by explaining how it was one simple question he asked himself that solidified his decision to get off social media. And that question was, is this doing more harm than good? Mm. We all know that the first step to recovery from anything is to admit that there's a problem. Social media became an addiction for Wesley, and it was robbing him from the joys of real life. So after he admitted that he had a problem, he chose to put it out of his life completely. And he's a happier person because he acted on his personal convictions about it, which makes this mama proud of her boy. I'm sure, gender, <laughs> And I love that. I just, I love Wesley's heart that he took a hard look at his own motives for being on social media and considered the potential there for spiritual harm, not to mention the physical and social harm done by social media. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the quotes from the Social Dilemma documentary that really struck me was this. There are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and software. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a sobering quote for sure. But what's worse, I think, is that we aren't the customers. Our children aren't the customers at all. We're the product. Hmm. So these companies are selling us. They're selling our attention to their advertisers. You know, Wesley mentioned that he's enjoyed his ad-free life much more, and that's another thing to note. Are we willing to allow ourselves and our children to be a product for these companies to sell to their advertisers? You know, not to sound dramatic, but that's the question we need to seriously ask ourselves before we allow our children to use social media, especially. Mm, That is good. That is really, really something to think about. Very profound. Now, so, you know, Wesley decided to get off um, altogether, but my daughter Alex and her boyfriend Josh, they didn't take the same drastic measures that Wesley did. Um, They both decided to just very much limit their time on social media, and I thought their reasons why were, were really wise. Josh said that one of the many reasons he limits his time is because there are so many studies that link heavy social media usage to a rise in anxiety and depression. That's right. Yeah, so we also see the way the lies of the enemy are constantly being filtered in under the guise of news on social media. It's not even a social network of just keeping up with friends anymore. It has become an evil means to indoctrinate our kids. It's actually indoctrinated a lot of adults I know. So how much more of a negative effect is it having on the vulnerable hearts and minds of our children? Mm. 
In regards to the way news, and I'm putting air quotes around news, <laughs> is being used on social media to negatively influence our kids and us, I also loved what Josh had to say about that. He said, when the only feed you're putting into your life is the news feed, you're bound to go down a rabbit hole of negative thoughts. Mm. And isn't that the truth? He also said that today's social feed is so fear-mongering that it's no wonder we have an epidemic of mental health issues. And he just said he didn't want to risk all that. So he very much limits his time. I want to jump in here quickly, Ginger, and recommend a podcast that has helped me so much when it comes to being informed, because that was an issue for me. I I didn't want to be completely in the dark. Well, actually, I do. I would love to live in la-la land, but I feel like (laughs) It's important for me to at least be informed. Um, And I think I've mentioned this before, but I listen to The World and Everything in it pretty much every morning. It's a podcast uh, put out by World News Group, and it has been such a blessing to me. I've never had a news outlet that left me feeling encouraged like they do. I cannot recommend that podcast enough. They give the news from a biblical worldview without succumbing to the hysteria that we see on literally every other outlet. Mm, That's what we all need. Mm -hmm. Social media, you know, it's just, it's also, it's just so addicting. Mm -hmm. And just like any drug addiction, research is showing that the side effects are life altering in very negative ways. That's right. And, you know, one of the major problems with technology is that it adapts to our preferences and works to make us more and more addicted and actually more and more affirmed in our existing beliefs. So, you know, think about scrolling through social media. Have you ever noticed uh, that you're no longer able to reach the end of your feed? Do you remember that, Ginger, when you Mm -hmm. used to be able to say, you're all caught up? You're all caught up. I do remember that. It doesn't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you have an endless feed of ads, propaganda, selective posts, all designed to keep you, specifically you, scrolling for eternity. You know, basketball doesn't do that. Um, Painting doesn't do that. Baking doesn't do that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, of course we can make an idol out of anything, and so can our kids. As John Calvin said, our hearts are idol factories. Mm -hmm. Um, But offering up technology as a reward to our children or allowing them to only use it in their downtime isn't without some consequences. And we need to think long and hard about our reasons for doing that. So, I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of a few reasons why I do allow my kids to occasionally have screen time as a reward. For one, they love it. They really enjoy it. And number two, they're quiet while they're doing it. (laughs) So in other words, they're not pestering me or asking me questions. (laughs) And when I think about it that way, I'm convicted by the true intentions of my heart. Mm. So that being said, here are some heart probing questions. Ginger, we know you love heart probing questions. I do. um, Fire away. Yes. So many of these are actually taken from Tony Ranke's book called 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You. Who I've mentioned that book before on this podcast. It's another one of those in my annual reading list. It's so convicting, and I really highly recommend that book. So ponder these questions as we consider allowing our children to use their devices as a reward or in moments of downtime. So question number one, what sins in my child's life are made more easily accessible by technology? Think lust, envy, greed, ingratitude, sinful anger. I mean, we don't need to venture outside of social media or some of those ridiculous unboxing videos on YouTube (laughs) that we talked about uh, to cover every single one of those. Number two, has my child's technology use improved the relationships that he or she is most responsible for maintaining? In other words, does a screen see my child's eyes more than his or her loved ones do? Number three, does my child struggle to find time for prayer, Bible reading, and meditation but still manages plenty of screen time. Number four, are the activities my child engages in on his device soul-fulfilling? 
And I'd like to state here that many of them can be, um, but it's really important to ask ourselves that question. And number five, is my child the master of his or her device or a slave to it? So in other words, does your child get twitchy if they don't have a device near them? Uh, Do they lose track of time when they're on a device? Do they eat, sleep, and in some extreme cases, bathe with their devices? I've actually done that. Um, (laughs) Same here. I know. (laughs) How do they fill the quiet or transitional moments of their day? For instance, eating a meal alone, waiting at the doctor's office, in the checkout line, between classes or activities, and this is a big one, using the bathroom. So, I mean, these are just a few of the questions to consider as we ponder whether or not allowing screen time as a reward is a positive thing, not even to mention allowing our child to spend all day every day with the device in hand. Um, I think there are ways it can be positive, but I'm pretty sure the pitfalls are far more plentiful. Um, Here's one line from Pascal that is worthy of a lot of meditation, I think. I have often said that the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Hmm. So are we, uh, yeah, are we crippling our children by giving them this gift, and I'm using quotes, of constant distraction? Wow, those are all sobering and so convicting. Really good heart-probing questions for all of us to think about. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8.36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. (laughs) And he said, well, I never noticed that before. And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID, you know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. 
Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. All right, Katie, what's the last excuse we give for not following through on our convictions when it comes to our kids and technology? Excuse number four, well, all of their friends have a device and I don't want my child to feel left out. Oh, yeah. The age old, <laughs> everyone else is doing it That's argument. It. That's classic, it. classic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only kid who heard what my parents said every time I played that card. <laughs> so if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do that too? That's it. <laughs> but to my parents' frustration, I was a very argumentative child. So I'd always come back with something like, well, it depends on how high the bridge is and what's underneath it. Nice. <laughs> I was always the smart mouth kid who was always looking for the loophole. I could see that. Uh, you know, Ginger, I have something pretty profound that I like to say to my kids when they start to complain that, you know, all the other kids get to do it and we don't. And so I just say, tough noogies. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Kate. Just brilliant. (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually, I don't think my kids would even know what that means if I said it. What I actually do say is much worse, though. So when my kids go on about, you know, this isn't fair, I say, well, do you know what is fair? And they know by now what to say. And they say, yes, hell. And I say, that's right. Hell is fair. Do you want fair? And they say, no, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, I think I could so see you do it. I I love it. It's kind of scary that you let me be on your parenting podcast, Ginger. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe a much better way to go about it is to share what God's Word says about it. So, Ginger, what would you say to a child or a parent who is concerned about, you know, their child not fitting in because they don't have a certain device or access to social media like all their friends do? Well, I don't know, Katie. I, I think it's kind of hard to beat Tough Noogies. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's really. the name of your next book, <laughs> Tough Noogies. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I, the whole hell thing, I mean— That's good. I actually like that because that answer, I mean, think about it, actually provides us with a great opportunity to turn their attention from material earthly things to spiritual eternal things. And that's what we're all called to do, right? Mm -hmm. To set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's Colossians 3, 2, by the way. Because when we do that, we then get to explain grace and atonement to our kids who perhaps don't understand that apart from Christ dying for us sins, we all deserve hell. It sort of puts the whole life isn't fair mentality into perspective. So Katie, I actually love the way you turn the tables on your kids when they make that comment. I I think you're a wise mama. Good. Well, then we'll have t-shirts made. Say, you know what's fair? Hell. There we go. T-shirt idea. I hope you're keeping a big log of these. I I do. I have a whole sheet. I keep it right beside the desk where we're recording. I know you do. (laughs) You know, and as far as fitting in, our kids aren't created to fit in with this world. So that really shouldn't be their goal. According to Philippians 3.20, a Christian's real citizenship is in heaven. So we need to remind our children that this world is not their home. The enemy lies to our kids by trying to convince them that their worthiness and their identity is found through the approval of others. He wants Mm -hmm. them to think that their sense of belonging comes from being accepted by others. 
And you know, it's human nature to want to belong and to want to be accepted. We all want approval from someone, whether it's our parents or friends or a spouse or boss or coworkers or whoever. We are all seeking the approval of others in one way or another, and our kids are no different. So as parents, we want to help our children understand that they'll never find real fulfillment in the impro- in the approval and acceptance of others because that's not how God created them. Mm-hmm. Their fulfillment can only come from Him. And the good news is that they don't have to try to gain His approval or acceptance because they already have it. They have it through the work of Jesus. And, the, and, um, and God created them to be like Him, not to be like the world. If our kids are blending in well and being accepted by the world, and if the people who aren't following God are approving of them, then we need to encourage our kids to really evaluate their relationship with and their commitment to God because something's wrong. Mm. God tells us in John 15, verses 18 and 19, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Mm. Our kids really need to grasp that they're not called to belong to the world. They're called to be set apart as ambassadors of Christ. But we have to remember that our children, they are so vulnerable and impressionable and influenced by others. And what they're putting into their hearts and into their minds, it's not neutral. It's changing them for better or worse. If they're finding their acceptance through the people they're watching on social media, that's because they're observing those people and they're looking uh, for ways to win their favor. And in doing that, they're going to become more like those people. So I think we would be wise to take our kids to Ephesians 5.1, which says that we're not called to be imitators of others, but imitators of God. The next verse says that we are to walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. Ginger, I've been listening to a podcast called Raising Boys and Girls, which I highly recommend, by the way. And they were talking about what it must be like to go through middle school while on social media. Hmm. So imagine if we all, as their parents, had to go through all that middle school drama in that way. If I wasn't invited to a birthday party as a child, I remember I was disappointed and it was really hard to hear my friends talking about it at school the next day. But can you imagine what it must feel like for kids today to have to watch these parties unfold in real time, Mm -hmm. to see photos and videos all depicting this amazing time that they weren't invited to attend? No, I actually can't. It would have to be a million times more awful. Yes. And I mean, to every degree, to every situation in their life, it's just magnified. You know, middle school was really hard for me, especially sixth grade. Um, There were actually three girls in my grade who had a We Hate Katie Club. I'm not even kidding. They sat together at lunch. They had coordinated outfits. I mean, I kind of wanted to be in the We Hate Katie Club, actually. Um, but <laughs> you would. <laughs> I know, right? But thankfully, I survived those years. I mean, barely, but I did. Um, but Ginger, I cannot imagine having to go through something like that if it had played out all online with everyone else's input on that as well. Mm, mm, mm. A We Hate Katie Club. That 
that is just so mean. Yeah. And you know what? I was a mean girl too, though, Ginger. Honestly, I think I back. I cannot picture that. I'm promising you, talk to my friend Elizabeth. I know she's gotten over it and so have I, but I locked her out of my bedroom one night when she spent the night. <laughs> but I'm sure <laughs> you her sleep in the hallway. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm telling you. But girls go through this phase, a lot of them, where yeah. they just don't know what to do with those hormones. So, mm-hmm. I mean, giving them a device like that to just pour it all out there. I'm, I'm so glad mm-hmm. I didn't have social media when I was that age. And yes, I do think that as bad as that was for you, Katie, definitely, it would have been even worse. That hurt would have been even more magnified if it was all over social media. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, we're not saying that social media is always bad and always harmful. We know that there are you know, for sure, a lot of Christians on social media who are using it to encourage and edify and to bring glory to God. But even if those are the people that our kids are choosing to follow, I think we can all agree that the enemy is a slippery serpent. Mm. He still has ways of slithering in with corruption. I just read Ephesians 5 about how Christians are to be imitators of God. And what I read was uh, verses 1 and 2. Let me just read to you the verses right after that. And as I do, Let's just take a moment and think about the immoral and the impure and even the downright evil influences that we see on social media and uh, how the Bible says that Christians are to to respond to it. This is verses 3 through 11. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with him. For you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm, That's so good, Ginger. Um, I do want to mention one thing here, as much as we've gone on about social media and all of that, you know, texting and um, those sorts of things can be just as big a problem. But we don't yet have kids who can drive. Uh, But I've often thought about what we will do when we get to that point. Mm, Yeah, you you just wait. Call me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm actually terrified. Uh, But will we allow our kids to have access to a phone? That's Mm. the main question. I think we absolutely will. I cannot imagine going back to the days of driving without a way for them to call for help. I've watched way too much true crime for that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, same here. Yeah, but there's a big difference between having access to a phone and having access to the entire world wide web of wackadoos. I mean, I've been saying for years that I wish there was a decent phone that didn't cost a mortgage payment and wasn't so difficult to monitor because even, you know, we have iPhones in our house and they're sometimes funny and finicky and are difficult Mm -hmm. to monitor. So side note, parents, if your kids have Wi-Fi, you have zero control over what they can access, Mm -hmm. even if you think you do. Um, There are always workarounds. So please don't assume that your own kids can't be accessed for nefarious purposes by online predators because, you know, where there's Wi-Fi, there's a way. There we go. Another t-shirt idea. Write that down. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So there is actually a company that must have heard our groaning about all the dangers of handing over smartphones to our kids. 
And they actually reached out to us a few months ago. And Ginger, I mean, we were thrilled when we, because mm-hmm. we'd never heard of this company. They're called mm-hmm. Gab, G-A-B-B. And they have filled that void that has existed since the advent of smartphones. Gab phones have 14 apps, like music, phone, messaging, camera, calendar, a GPS locator, and a handful of others that are completely safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no other apps, no games, and no social media. Yeah, and the timing of them contacting me was just amazing. It's because crazy. Katie and I had, I mean, we had literally just been talking about that, how, you know, nowadays we want our kids to have phones at a younger age for mm-hmm. safety reasons, but at the same time, we know that it's not safe for them to have a phone because exactly. of all the stuff it exposes them to. So when they reached out to me, I was just like, thank you, Lord. Yes. This, is, this is the answer. Well, and I'm thrilled. And because we're so passionate about it, we've decided they would be a great partner for our podcast because I know many of you are probably looking for the same thing. So you're going to start hearing ads for Gab on our um, podcast. And we do that because we honestly believe it's a product that you're going to love if you're in that season of life where you want this for your child. Um, In fact, I'll just go ahead and say this. There is not an ad we put out that isn't something Ginger and I both really believe will benefit our listeners. Mm -hmm. So that being said... Gab is offering you guys, our listeners, $30 off the price of their phone, which just so you know, is originally $100. So the monthly plans start at $20 a month. Y'all, at the time of this recording, the cheapest iPhone on Apple's website is $700. I mean, that's nuts. Mm. I've seen what a preteen's room looks like and they do not deserve a $700 phone. (laughs) But you know, I could go for a $70 phone. Um, The cool thing though, Ginger, when I got the Gab phone, I opened it up. I was floored. It feels like an iPhone. It's intuitive like an iPhone. And it really made me wonder why all the rest of us are paying so much for our own phones. That's exactly what I was just thinking. I think (laughs) I'm going to get rid of my $700 phone. Who needs that? That, and lose all the distractions on it mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Anyway, if this sounds like something that would help you and your family put technology in its proper place in your home, then check out gabwireless.com. And that's spelled G-A-B-B wireless.com. And use the code GINGER for $30 off the price of your phone. Y'all, this Gab phone is the best thing invented since sliced bread. It's awesome. I'm just so I'm just thrilled about it. We we live in a dangerous world, a world I think that warrants our kids having a phone at a younger age for safety reasons. Mm. And let me tell you, this phone is it. I so wish that they would have had this as an option when my kids were growing up because this is totally what I would have done instead of getting them a regular phone and taking the risk of them seeing things that they don't need to see. So again, if this is something that you'd like your child to have and you'd like to get $30, we're thrilled that they are offering $30 off. Just mm-hmm. go to gabwireless.com. That's G-A-B-B wireless.com. And be sure to use the code GINGER for your $30 off. And we are just so appreciative that Gab has partnered with us and is offering such a huge discount for our listeners. So thank you for that. Now is the part of the show where we give a quick tip for parents. And I know that you guys are going to be so disappointed that today's quick tip isn't coming from me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm happy to say that you guys have finally stepped up to the plate, thank goodness, and emailed in some really great tips. So today's quick tip comes from Jenny in California. Jenny writes, with five daughters, ages eight and under. Wow. I like First of sim- all, can we stop there? <laughs> five daughters, <laughs> yeah. no. ages eight and under. Sorry, I already interrupt. admire her. I know. Uh, so with five, do- five daughters, ages eight and under, I like to simplify cooking. I often prep meals during the nap time of the youngest, and I even cook it completely if it's something like a pot pie. 
In addition, I like to increase the effectiveness of this by prepping extra. For example, if I'm cooking the ground beef for spaghetti ahead of time, I'll cook double and freeze the rest. Then not only have I prepped dinner early, I prepped meat for another meal later and it didn't take any extra time. Along these same lines, I do a crock pot meal once a week and I try to make a large enough meal that it will last for two nights. This way, I alternate more time-consuming meals with simpler meals. I'm also not sacrificing health or taste of meals for simplicity. Instead, I'm simplifying the process. I like that. I do too. That's really great. Yeah. Great tip, Jenny. Thank you for sending that in. If you have a quick tip for the show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We'd love to share your ideas on the podcast. So just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Katie, thank you so much for all the hard work and research and prayer you've put into these last two episodes about parenting in the digital age. I just have to say, it's been very eye-opening for me, and I hope it's been a blessing and encouragement for all of our listeners. So, Katie, how about you send us off with a final word of encouragement? Sure. Well, these are just a few of the reasons or sometimes excuses we might give for not responding in obedience to the Holy Spirit when it comes to reducing or eliminating our kids' screen time. And while we know the problem is pervasive in our culture, so much so that it's completely normal, uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be on our guard about it. Actually, the fact that it is so normal in our culture is probably even more reason to pray and seek God's will for our time, both our time and our kids' time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Friends, if you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you are being sanctified. You are growing in wisdom as you seek God's will through His Word. You're less likely to be tossed about by every cultural shift, technological advance, or blender salesman you come across at Costco. (laughs) Go listen to the first episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, would you just leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, then we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes which will include links to all the things we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they, you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story. I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. 
Uh, but I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment. And they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. 